Welcome to the Story Forward Podcast. Season 2.5, Grand Finale. This is our grand finale, right? This is, yes. All right. That voice you hear is none other than Christian Wynn, founder and co-director of the Story Fort Storytelling Festival. Did I get that co- right? Wait, co-founder and director. So I'm not the co-director. But oh, I'm I got it backwards. All yeah. these times I'm like founder, co-founder, and director. I knew there was I knew it was there was a balance of power, but I got the power backwards. Anyways, that's him. I'm Larry Hello. Rosen. Someone you can't depend on to know facts, but we do know fact checking here. Do we do fact checking? That's a big um, thing with uh, okay. Michael Rappaport's podcast. No fact checking. Oh really? So yeah. he just like talks about whatever you like. Oh, it's so entertaining. It really is. <laughs> Lots of Boston Celtics theories that have no factual yeah. basis. Yeah. As you as you know, he gets really irritated a lot of the time because that's kind of his his brand. That is his brand, but not ours. We're not too irritated. No, no, we're not irritable. We, we're. I'm gonna take one of these off. So I'm trying something new here uh, by wearing headphones while recording, and it's yeah. it's, it's getting me a little off my game because. Unlike uh, Mr. Christian Wynn, who's gone full retro with the old school uh, iPod earbuds. Earbuddy things, yes. With the the cord attached and a plug With the cord, that's what makes them old school. I have my huge noise-canceling cans. And when I put them over my ears, it feels like I'm in a tunnel. My voice is muffled. Your voice sounds fantastic. My voice sounds muffled. It's, well, sounds good to me. You have, a, okay. you have an even more resonant, sonorous voice than I, anyway, <laughs> naturally, I feel like. But that, that is why uh, certain nieces would tap me to be the officiant of their wedding. Perhaps, <clears throat> perhaps it's right. because I'm their favorite uncle. But we'll see in three weeks when I have to do this trick. But as for us, we are here today uh to wrap like we said to wrap up season 2.5 which we hope you've enjoyed we for for this balance of this season we have been cobbling together episodes by taking bits and pieces of audio uh from the most recent tree fort story fort uh festival which was last march yes and as of today i think we have plumb run out of audio from that festival so we're going to provide some audio of our own aren't we we are. I guess you can give us the rundown, but we're yeah, we're going to dive into some Tree Fort, Story Fort stories, um, anecdotes, favorite moments, strange moments. I mean, you've been to Tree Fort a number of times and Story I Fort really a number have. of times, and I've been here from the start. So we have a bunch of uh, those, well, at least a handful of those to plumb mm-hmm. this evening. I do want to thank Jared Bostrom, Brett Battistain. Thank you, Annika Bennett, all the bees. All yeah. the bees, killer bees. Yeah, the killer bees. But also, this all our whole crew um, who did help put on, hugely helped put on Story Fort in March of 2022. Um, mm-hmm. We're already very much gearing up for March 2023, but we wanted to kind of get some storyscapes like we've been doing, you know, featuring some Travis Abel storyscapes mm-hmm. over, the, over the season. But I think Larry and I are going to, you know, sort of get into... I don't know, live event and music, sure. stories, so, stories of stories of things. Stories of stories. Um, so we're, we're actually almost right around the halfway point between story forts. You know, yes. we're a few weeks short of the halfway point, which is a good time to sort of muse about what is, what, what's the purpose of yeah. taking, taking story and bringing it from the page or the screen to the live room. 
story? My mom passed away when I was 10, and something that was really special about her was when the power would go out, she would always say, ooh, goody. And my, my first job was to go and get the votive candle holders. She could make things feel special. Hello, everyone on the other side of the city. Hi. Hey, hello. How do you do? I am doing good. <laughs> I hope you are good, too. Thank you. So my secret is that I never grew up, and I'm never going to. I have a girlfriend, and my parents don't know about it. I love everybody. I'm gay. I'm really good at British accents. I'm hungry for love. I've learned one thing. Everyone has a story. Keep your back straight. Love everyone around you before they're gone. You are never too old to go do something fun. You're going through a difficult time. Know that you are strong. You can do more than you think you can. You are so loved. A place that I love. We love you, Boise. You're so beautiful. I love you so much. <laughs> Whoever's listening, thanks for sharing. Thank you so much. Back to storytelling. So when mm-hmm. you are in the world of writing, as, as we are, mm-hmm. uh, you spend a lot of time reading. Yes. And you spend a lot of time writing things that have meant to be read. Hopefully. And sometimes you can get pretty deep into that before you get to the point of where you're listening or talking. Now, mm-hmm. because we do a podcast, we talk all the time, but we talk in our little vacuum here uh, mm-hmm. without having any idea of whether people are listening or how to react to their reaction to what we're saying. That's one of the greatest purposes of story fort, I think, is to make it live because there's something magical about live events. And I know we're going to talk about music and we're going to talk about, heck, we can talk about theater if you want. And yeah. sure now we can talk about theater we we, yeah sure and and readings and uh storytelling events like the one travis did where he just stood up there and told this incredible 25 minute story about about hitchhiking hitchhiking and ending up in new orleans yeah um and that i I guess maybe i'm i'm creating a commercial for story for it right now but um that is the real reason to come I mean, sure, it's great if you go see your favorite author read and then afterwards you can say hi, but hearing words and interacting and seeing the expression on people's faces, that's kind of what it's all about. I yeah. love live stuff. And when I started doing podcasts years ago, I was, when I was doing Is It Good for the Jews, I kept hammering to my co-hosts, like, we got to do live, we got to do live, we got to do, we got to be like John Roderick and sit in front of an audience and make them laugh or you make mm-hmm. them listen and give him that full experience. And he didn't like to, I finally got to do it with the grotto pod with Bridget. Oh. Um, and it was where, everything I'd hoped it would be. Where'd you guys go live on that one? That's in uh, San Francisco with the Colorado's um, grotto. Well, this may come as a surprise to you. I didn't think it would, but I believe the first time we did a live version uh, was at the uh, Story Fort. Oh, really? We had, yeah, we hadn't done a live one before. Though. Okay, all right. Yep. So, yeah, and also just the, the notion, I think we can get into sort of, there's something wonderfully, you know, sort of, I guess, 
slightly romantic and slightly you know, sort of um, deeply memorable about seeing a band you love or you didn't know you loved yet live. So I think the idea of the live show is a way different um, than, and we'll get into some first concert stuff I want to ask Larry about, but also I'll share some of mine. And just like, there's a difference. I mean, Sure. As opposed to even listening to like a, an author read their own stuff, you know, sort of on an audiobook or um, hearing, you know, sort of an interview and a, a poet maybe reading their own stuff on the New Yorker podcast, you know, sort of or something like that. And also just seeing them do it live and then being like, okay, this is a real person. Yeah. And I think that you hit the nail on the head there because the difference to me is <clears throat> what I love most about seeing live performances of whatever it is and maybe theater doesn't fit into this as much because it's scripted, is seeing the person behind the work. You know, yeah. like see, the, the first time I went to see Ethan Kanan read, I'm like, oh, so that's the kind of clothes Ethan Kanan wears. <laughs> what know? kind of clothes? Okay, because this, okay, Ethan Kanan, who is, he's out there in the zeitgeist still, but he is sort of a big 80s writer. 80s, 90s, 90s. yeah. He made, uh, I mean, he was part of the... Founder of the San Francisco Writers Grotto. What did um, he wear? What was I mean, was he wearing? Like a blazer. Was, so the first time I saw him, actually, I <clears> was at a reading at Elliott Bay, and this was probably in Seattle. Yeah, in Seattle. Sorry. Um, I always like to like, point out the small. Yeah, you know, I know. Like, oh, That's small good. <laughs> I'm assuming things, but all you know, all you know how it's when you when you like an author, all you really have to go by is the picture on the book jacket, right? Yep. And that picture on his first, on Emperor of the Air, which I think was his first book of short stories, was taken when he was 24 and in med school or something yeah. like that. Handsome young man with the world. Totally. Yeah. <clears throat> well, by the time I saw him, he was like probably in his 30s. He seemed older than that, actually. Maybe it was. Yeah, yeah he must have been older than 24, 25 when he went Emperor of the Air. Anyways, he had moved to Iowa City, had a wife, he had kids. Yep. He looked like a guy with a wife and kids. He had he had the uh, the denim shirt, oh, the t-shirt underneath it. Okay, maybe some kind of dad jeans, but we weren't calling them that back then. I would say I could see Ethan Cannon in kind of some roomy jeans. Ethan, yeah, yeah. roomy. There's, there's like were they Wrangler? Like those? No, no, Levi's, Levi's. Oh, oh, but the wide cut, kind maybe of a, the relaxed fit. Yeah, maybe relax. Five twenty-fours, whatever. Yeah, what we used to call area code jeans, but I think I wore relax <laughs> fit back then as well. <clears throat> but and wow. and actually, relax is a really good word to use to describe him, which was a surprise to me because I thought, wow, this guy must be intense, right? Like he wrote a national book nominee book of short stories while in med school. Like he must be a nut. I feel like he had a lot of mythology around him because the thing I heard also is that all the stories that were in Emperor of the Air, which is a really great collection, I, I think it holds up okay, though I haven't read it for about five years now, but I do go back. But I had heard that he never got one of those stories rejected. Really? Wow, that's, that's insane. I well, I would say that his vibe was definitely of someone who had, had enjoyed some success. Mm -hmm. Not someone who expected that success. Someone who was really happy to get that success. But <laughs> just someone, yeah, he didn't seem to have been beaten up. And, and I did, I think I told you, I did meet him a few years ago at a, um, at a grotto party. 
and nicest guy in the world. You were kind of choked up thinking about how nice of a guy Ethan Caden is. I know he's a really, really nice guy. I really, <laughs> to I mean, be that successful and that nice. I know, I know, and to be like a doctor, a medical and a doctor. doctor. It's yeah, like have, it's you know, like have, he's like the opposite of Doctor Oz. Let's put it that way. It's like, <laughs> it's like he, he writes for, novels. Know. Like yeah, he's not a Trump endorsed candidate for any. He's trying to mess with my home state, Pennsylvania. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. See, you know, you, you bring up politics that I know nothing about, and I'm so shallow that I like the guy he's running against because of first my introduction to that guy Fetterman, I think is his name, was his wife posted something on Twitter. They were at like some, I think rest stop and every rest stop in Pennsylvania had a picture of him and she made him pose under the picture. And I thought, that's awesome. I love this guy. And he did it. So wait, same expression. Yeah. Why does every rest stop? In Cause I think, is he the Lieutenant governor or is he something? Okay. But, He's in so charge of rest him, stops. He's the, she he's made the him guy. sit there with his arms folded, you know, like, <laughs> it's like uh, I'm, I'm in on this guy, and he's I know like, he's like rest up as like his motto. I don't know, but Doctor Oz, <laughs> Doctor Oz, know. I saw him buying crudite and some video of him trying to buy crudite in the store, and I don't understand why I had to watch that. But I don't even know what that is. Crudite? That's a vegetable plate. You know, it's the kind uh, of thing you pick up if you're in a winery, maybe hanging out doing some oh, wine tasting. Okay, well, Doctor, did he have his scrubs on? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he did not uh, i don't know i thought that was like i don't I mean he's doctor got a little far afield um i know his name's oz and like i don't know have you ever been I, by the way let's just like keep this going as far as live events have you ever mm-hmm. been to, to a political on, event uh well let's start there yeah and what was that like i have been to two political events in my entire life one was a dinner for paul songus because my roommate was working on the campaign. Mm-hmm. And one, when I first moved to Seattle, I went to a rally for George, du- wait, Dukakis? Michael Dukakis. Michael yeah. Dukakis. And okay. uh, I could see <laughs> you get caught up. How about you? Do you have any experience going? But, but you, you can't get that thing where you get to see the real guy or the real woman because it's no. very carefully staged. Well, and true. It's more like theater than it is like music or, or a reading. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think Gary Hart came through Palo Alto back in the day or something, you know, with like two ladies on his side. And it was just like with that coiffed hair, it was, he was good to go. He was but good to I mean, there was a guy where John Anderson or something like that. Like, Oh, I remember John Anderson. He came through on a train also. Like it was old. It was like 1924 when I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like. It was, uh, oh it was, my it was different times back then, but I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It was, uh, no. I remember that. But I was going to ask, I guess, to get back to, I guess, just music and whatnot and live events. Um, what you wanna, was you want to talk about music? I do, and I do want to okay. talk about like storytelling and Ethan Kane and yeah. whatnot. Um, but and that okay. You didn't finish up on Canon. He was wearing dad jeans. Dad and... jeans and denim shirt. Okay. Uh, maybe yeah. white tennis shoes, I want to say, but I could be projecting here. But... Stan Smiths or like... <laughs> no, just like some regular old court shoes or whatever. But I guess you, I make that point though, because like by seeing all that stuff, I got to see what Ethan Canaan wears. I mean, I guess I know now from being in the writer's grotto that when people do readings, they do put a lot of thought into what they're going to wear. Okay. But I don't know that he... 
took a huge amount of time thinking maybe he didn't seem like a guy who thinks a lot about what he's going to wear. And, mm-hmm. and um, I just remember someone asked him, he had just had kids and he, they said, what's the biggest difference between having kids and not having kids? And he said, before I had kids, I'd always thought of myself as someone who felt things really deeply. And then I had kids and realized I hadn't felt anything. And I thought, that's awesome. Of course, I had a little kid at the time too, but that's just a nice little glimpse you get, you know, into, into, you know, I saw, right. I saw William Volman. Do you remember him? Oh yeah. I have a at book the same, of you. At, the, at Elliott Bay in Seattle too, mm-hmm. that same summer. And I, and came away thinking, what a freaking weirdo this guy is. Oh, he's a huge weirdo. But yeah, <laughs> I never have seen him live. I did get a chance to see Richard Ford. How was that? Back in the day. That was at Elliott Bay Bookstore as well, um, when it was still down there on Elliott Bay, um, as opposed to on Capitol Hill in Seattle. Mm-hmm. It was it was great. It was his book Independence Day, which was a sequel ish. I, I don't sports know. Sports writer. This this yeah, the sports writer and yeah, he that one won the Pulitzer Prize. Even though I'm not a huge fan of that book or that character, uh, Frank Ascombe, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that was a seminal sort of experience. We did see. Tom Jones, you remember Tom Jones, the Pugilist at Rest. Yes. And Sonny Liston was a friend of mine. And Cold Snap, those three collections were like, I, I still read those stories a lot. And I did see him with friends at the University of Washington Library. So it was so anyway, another, it was there. Yeah. He's another writer who is steeped in mythology at the time. Yes. Do you remember? Well, Jan- like, oh, yeah. Janitor, yeah. Janitor. He'd yeah. gone to Iowa and like was he had talent, but he was also, I think he suffered from he had some uh, mental stability issues. Yeah. Yep. But do you ever did you ever have a ever had an experience where you go to see someone and they don't live up to expectations? <sighs> yes, for sure. Um, I was gonna bring up Ken Kesey as well, oh, who boy. I did see before he passed. Not too long afterward, his last book was called Sailor Song, Sailors or Sailor Song. I think it's Sailor's Song. He likes, you know, Sailor it's very song, sibilant. Yeah. sibilant Sailor Song. Yeah, he and he he was this old school hippie. He had this thing called the basketball, which was a bas- like a like a furry basketball that had a microphone in it, and he would pass it around the crowd. He would speak into the basketball. I, well, and, I wonder what Travis would think of the basketball. We'd have to ask him next time we see him because it's kind of a high concept. I know. It's very similar to the Curious Ear, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The basketball. But he was groovy still, I think, that Ken Kesey. And he was like up there. And he, I mean, he didn't live to be super old. I'm going to put him at no, 68, maybe 65. He'd live to be 66, I think. If you do a ton of drugs, it actually does take years off the end of your life. It turns out, yeah. <laughs> but he he was, we kind of made fun of him afterwards, I'd say. It was, oh, it was wow, sad. Really? I mean, because I love Cuckoo's Nest and sometimes a great oh. notion. Um, Cuckoo's yeah. Nest might be one of my favorite American novels. Absolutely. Yes. And a great I, film. They made yeah. actually a real, I mean, it's a very different experience watching that film and, than it is like reading the book, but. Right. And did you read um, Electric Kool-Aid? I know I read parts of it, um, <laughs> but I don't think I, I didn't read the front to back. No. 
Did you? Yeah, I read it several times in college and and shortly after. And I thought Kesey was this mythical being. I thought he was so great because he was this hick from Oregon who showed up in like the hippest place in the world and got to make all the rules. I just thought this Mm -hmm. guy, man, he is the leader. He does what he wants and people just follow him. Like what a talent, like, and he knows exactly what he wants to do. And then I think he just spent the balance of his life just at the party, just stand at the party. No, he just the 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 country fair, the county fair, the country fair. The the mid the sixties must have been a great party because so many people kind of wasted the rest of their lives reliving it. Yeah, hot take, hot take alert. Uh, yeah, that's a very hot take. Yeah, hot take. <laughs> I know, Wakizi. Yeah, he two great books. That's very true, actually. Um, from in my opinion, I do have his like one of his last books is all about rodeo and whatnot and Oregon stuff. Um, and I mean, sometimes a great notion is such a different book than Cuckoo's Nest. I mean, my friend, one of our a friend of the podcast, friend of us, Rosen and Wynn is uh, our friend Carrie Seymour, who's actually been on the podcast, but like sometimes a great notion is like her favorite book we've had back and forth. So I'm like, ah, Cuckoo's Nest is better. But seeing him in person in his later years, we didn't really know were his later years, but he had been kind of quietly not publishing stuff for some time. Then he came yeah. out with the song. And it was a little bit, it was this giant auditorium at the University of Washington. And it was like, ugh. Can okay, the basketball, and like he did explain to us what a fasci was and what fascism is. He oh. tried, and that was like, well, fasci is what wraps around the sticks, and this is what fastens it together, and that's what fascism is. And don't let that ever happen. But then you know he he didn't get to live the sea. Yeah, the, the American fascism. That I think it's kind of a shame. Really, um, but anyway. But you're right, that is a hot take. (laughs) Hot take. Also, I want to know, I don't know if it's a hot take, but I I want to do want to delve into the world of music and then we'll get into some of our tree forest stories and story forest stories. But just like that experience. Okay. First show, first best show for you that you saw live. Oh boy. Well, I know the first show I ever saw live was David Cassidy when I was six years old and it was pretty freaking awesome. I got to say. Six six years old. Okay. And then there was a big gap, but, um, uh, you know, I kind of think the, so I'm a, I don't try to be, but I'm a little bit of a contrarian and I'm not going to say I saw Willie Nelson on July 4th, or I saw, you know, Pearl Jam at some stadium. I thought seeing the truth of the golden bear in Huntington beach was one of the best things I ever saw. It was like 1984, five. That's kind of when I started going to all this stuff. <clears throat> that was fantastic. And that sort of is a template. Like, I don't know if you're talking about music, like going to see a live show. Yeah. There's a little bit of the same sort of thing where you get to see behind the scenes, mm-hmm. you know, but there's also kind of more of a, like a tribal type of thing where the music gets you really puts you in a certain kind of mood. Yeah. And it puts everyone around you in a certain kind of mood. <clears throat> I will say I that from in our world, it seems to me like it'd be a lot more fun to be a journeyman musician than a journeyman writer. Like I've watched, I watched John Roderick stand in front of 500 people and they were hanging on its every word. 
<laughs> and they clapped for him. He got instant feedback or whatever he did. <laughs> I know. Um, they toil in a different kind of obscurity than we do. Well, that's true. I mean, because they're always out front, you know, so they... Yeah. They, yeah. And, they're, and, but, but also because they're performers. You know, right. remember when we interviewed your cousin? Bart. Um, Bart. Bart. Bartholomew Haifman. And it was a, and it was a, it wasn't clear whether his first love was music or performing. I was going to gear towards performance. Yeah, he managed to but do both. Also, but I mean, yeah. I know. But uh, so, I mean, so you yeah. asked the question because you have a thought yourself of what. Well, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> those iconic shows. I mean, I, I did my very first like, real rock and roll show, if we can call it rock and roll. I mean, I think we can. But was Prince on his Purple Rain tour with Sheila E. And also with Morris Day and the Time. At the totally lost in history. Morris Day and the Time, I know. They were so, incredible. Oh, insane. They were so great. I mean, it's like and Jesse, now Jerome. And I was like, you know, sort of this whole dun dun dun. Yeah. That was there during the breakdancing years, wasn't it? It was. I was it was 1984 when I was you know, heading up a crew the east side crew of like <laughs> <laughs> of mostly white kids you know, break dancing um but we were you know we were influenced by you know some really great music back in the day but then got to go see prince at the tacoma dome the largest wooden dome in the world at that time i'm sure it's not now that was just 1984 so but at the same time that was insane like but I don't know. I mean, that was a great first show to like be like, uh, that was the first one, the first real rock and roll show. But I mean, then we lived both lived in the Seattle area and you lived in San Francisco when there were a lot of, I mean, when the, yeah, obviously the grunge scene happened in the early nineties, but then there right. were so many, you know, sort of like peripheral or sort of sure. like ad- adjacent bands that were playing there. And I was super into the Brit pop stuff or yeah. super into sort of Which, like the more pure stuff. Yeah. I, I feel bad kind of for you to have lived through that era being really into a type of music that wasn't local because there was so much local music. Um, but the thing is, some of them- yeah, so many of those bands like came to Seattle because Today. there was like great recording studios, and it was just like a place to go all of a sudden, mm-hmm. or like place bands like the Beautiful South, or I mean, even like you know, <clears throat> Love and Rockets, or oh my gosh, that gosh, takes me back. I know, and um, I guess, gosh, I mean, we I could name so very many of the Judy Bats and, and weird little Americana, Americana sort of like REM sort of like prototype bands. Um, saw Chris Isaac at the, the backstage. Sure are you sure it wasn't you? I'm pretty sure. I know people, <laughs> I was telling a friend of mine that uh, people used to think that I looked like Chris. I don't at know. At the time, you had very similar hair. We did. But right now I'm quaffing my hair. It's not quaffable, right? but it's like a I've got some hair, so. Um, I know, so good for you. <laughs> uh, well, you know, uh, for me, that time period, because I was working in that industry. Mm-hmm. I As saw a so journalist. I was writing, yeah. I was, there was so much forgettable music that I saw and so much surprisingly great music that I saw. Mm-hmm. And one thing about performing live is that 
it, it, often, not often, but sometimes, you know, the gene that makes you a great songwriter or player isn't the same one that makes you a great performer. Mm-hmm. So there might be people, I mean, look at David Lee Roth. <laughs> there are some people who are great performers who may yeah. not be the best singers or musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, and I just remember the first show that I remember seeing as like a person who makes his own choices was the Violent Femmes in the 80s. Oh, yeah, I saw them like, I've seen them so many times. I mean, the I... same. Yeah, that was the first time they came to LA. We saw them, we drove up to Santa Monica and saw them and I was so scared. <laughs> Actually, not uh, well, even scared. How old were you? I was 18 and I was like, I was kind of coming out of my preppiness, but I was still looking around. I remember seeing a kid who was wearing this awesome Paisley shirt. And I was like, I could get something like that. And I could <laughs> like fit in a little better here. <laughs> I know. And that's one of the cool things that like being a part of like a, a scene, a moment, sort of a Tribe, you know, yeah. yeah. I know the violent films like Gordon Gano and the crew and the stand up like. I did he say ni- he was 19 at that time. Really? Yeah. He was a year mm. older than me, but they were fantastic. They're yeah. really great. And it was so, and you know, and for like kids like us, suburban kids to break out of that and to see that it's like, Oh my God, there's this whole world. Mm-hmm. that's completely different that I saw by watching Valley girl reruns, you know, over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know then the violent films for sure were a seminal experience I saw them at the Paramount Theater and was like bloody within 30 seconds of the start of the show because somebody's head who was like in the pit there was um, a pit there was a pit at the wow yeah, yeah. and some the back of someone's head hit the front of my head and then it was blood and that then sounds awful I just stayed down there and we were just like we had a Memorable. great ball Oh, yes. And that, I mean, for sure, um, that was infectious. And Let me ask so, you this. Yeah. Is there, so every year we go to Tree Fort yes. and we see all kinds of live music, yep. most of which are made by people I've never heard of. And it's some a of festival of discovery. Yeah. It, it's a festival <laughs> of discovery, but is there a maximum age where it seems a little odd to be standing next to a 19-year-old holding a beer, trying not to get it knocked out of your hand, watching some music. I don't know. I mean, there probably is. I mean, I don't know if it's a, a, a hard, hard line age for sure, but it is. Yeah. I mean, I think just patience wise. Um, when we saw that little... group, yeah, when you run out of patience, we saw that group playing the main stage last year. Yeah. I forget what they were called, but everyone's like, oh my God, we got to go see them. And it was the most punishing uh, punk band who I guess have been around for 25 years and it sounded a little bit like Punky Primus like right I was did, did you, were you there did you see them I think I joined you part way through the everyone's show. like oh my god this is incredible and Tim it's like I am too old for this music <laughs> take me to the country bar yeah uh, I know you went down to Penn Gillies and all that and uh, but so yeah I mean... Tyler and the train robbers shout out Tyler and the train robbers who I now follow on Instagram they were awesome Okay, there's a real country yeah. band. That I do. Enjoy. I know you enjoy your country. I do. Um, I can tell you one of my favorite country band stories. Um, but also, I will say that at last, I guess it was yeah, it was in March. Um, 
because we had a tree fort in September of last year, and then we had one in March mm. this year. So they had like all the two tree forts schedule. That was nice. The t- well, it almost killed me. Um, <laughs> organizing things. Um, but I did see Kim Gordon of Sonic Youth fame um, on the last night, and I was hanging out with some people, and they were. I mean, she was like breaking it down. It was like amazingly beautiful moment. And like these <clears throat> you know, slightly younger than me folks were just like talking, talk, 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 talk. And, oh. and, and I was like, I just lost my shit. I got to say, oh, no. oh. I just, I mean, I just was like, you better. I just put my hand out and just said, it's time for you to either go or for me to go, but you got to shut up. <laughs> I've, I've seen, I've seen what happens when your, your sense of fair play is, is offended and it's not always. Pretty yeah. Weird. No, it's not always. I mean, I did notably Kim Gordon is older than us, much older than us. I know. And what we didn't do well, by the way, she has a, a book. Yeah. Called, like, yeah. And we didn't get her to do anything story for it. Mm. Because of the six month turnaround, we'd take, Drop the ball. Oh. Yeah, I just didn't. It was too late by the time we figured out that she should have been part oh. of the story for it. Um, That's too but, bad. but yeah, I did see the band Sunvolt back mm. in 1997 six were their first, like that they dropped the first album. Yeah, like, yeah, it, okay, yeah, 90, that was 95, I think. I know that in they, Seattle they came through and it was like where did they play? It was that it used to be called Scoochies. Scoochies pre, it predates me. I, I've heard tale from you natives. Yeah, right in a weird spot like down the Seattle place. Center. And it was but it was like at all it was like, I mean, 21 and over <clears throat> for that show, but um, but yeah, that was like the alt country sort of I mean, awakening. maybe I, I awakening. I was going to say Renaissance, but there was no before really of alt country, right? I mean, I, like, um, people could consider certain bands. In the alt country vein, uh, mm-hmm. the day before I left Seattle in 1989, <clears throat> I was walking um, down First Street and I heard music coming out of the Vogue. And um, I went in and the Pickets were playing. I don't know if you remember the oh, Pickets. I remember the Pickets for sure. But I went in there and I watched a few songs and I was seriously having second thoughts because it was that good. I was like, this is fantastic. Why am I leaving? But, oh. you know, I already paid the deposit on the apartment. I already paid my tuition. I had to go. Yeah, the pickets were... So that's a memorable well, one. Describe them. Would you call them old? They were... Uh, they were Americana. They were kind of, you know what's funny is a lot of... I was the resident expert on country music. They... um there's a lot of straight up country bands like Tyler and the train robbers and the pickets who, because of the era they play in, don't want to be, I don't want to say tainted or marred, but it's better for them to not call themselves straight up country bands, but they're just, right. they're nothing but country bands. And yeah. maybe they're made of people who listened to punk rock when they were young. A lot and of I them know, like, were back in the night. Yeah, sure. But I think they discovered traditional country music and that's, what it is, but I know like Jim Sangster who played guitar for the Pickets, he played for the Young Fresh Fellows, he played for right. sometimes and all these people, but they were a country band. That's it. Nothing, no more, mm. no less. And I'll give credit to Tyler and the Train Robbers because after they played, I said, you are a proper country band. And they went, thanks. 
I know. And I mean, I've, I did see, I mean, I consider like John Doe's like solo stuff. Like I would call that country. Right? Yeah, I would just call that roots rock and roll. Roots That's rock and roll. Okay. He made one straight country album. He did. I love that album. What's that and one called? The one with the, the Sadies, I think, where he did covers. Mm-hmm. Um, and he told, I interviewed him once. And he told me he came to LA to be a country singer or country songwriter. But he still does. He still, cool. I feel like that's kind of a lie. It might be, yeah. I mean, he said he started X. I mean, come on. Why did like, you come to LA then? I know, exactly. <laughs> he just wanted to be in a, you know, sort of Brett Easton Ellis novel or whatever. <laughs> I, <don't laughs> know. I heard John Doe was at the party. So that's a. <laughs> that's that a from, re- is that yeah. from um, Lesson Zero? Yeah. At least there's a X references throughout the thing. I think he has, well, he has the Elvis Costello poster, but of the novel's title, but uh, he def- they definitely do mention X a few times. <laughs> so, okay, we are about half an hour into this. I know. So, what is our point? Why are we bringing up our favorite live well, music experiences? Music and just like cultural experiences. I mean, like seeing writers. Um, live is sometimes okay sometimes really great sometimes really like awful let me ask you this how is it to be the writer to be up there on stage yeah i've never been the writer i've always been the interviewer um it's it's i mean i i mean it's nice if you feel like people are listening and and it's it's great to have that that voice um i think that having done it many times over the years it, it did sometimes it would be like oh am i just burdening people by making them listen to my short story and they showed up <laughs> i know that's true and i do enjoy you know that experience um but i think that and what we've been trying to do with like story for things over the years and also just sort of other events in the literary world it's like kind of mixing up that the 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 approach i suppose so it's actually doesn't feel like just a reading um as much as possible because that can get just tedious i i I find myself sort of my mind wandering when i'm listening to my favorite writers read like in person sometimes and that's like not good because we want them to be there but then yeah Hmm. well I'm glad you brought that up because I think that is a major, it's always been for me a major selling point for Story Fort because a lot of readings that you go to mm-hmm. are very tedious and kind of pretentious. It's true. Kind of boring and Which very isn't... dry. Yeah. And I think Story Fort kind of puts a little bit of a rock and roll feel to some of these events. They're never, and they're never, well, I don't know. Maybe there are, and I haven't been to them, but I haven't seen a lot of just straight up readings. Here's the author. I'm going to introduce the author. The author's going to read and then take questions. There's more in-conversation stuff. There's more mm-hmm. panel stuff. There's more interaction with the audience. It's just more, it's got more vibe. It's more exactly. energy. I would agree. I <laughs> would agree. That's what we're trying to do as much as possible and more and more to, I don't know. I, I think the, the paradigm of the, you know, sort of like the, the, the literary reading is just something that needs to be shifted because it's just like, man, it's just like, doesn't do, I mean, when you're reading a great book or a great poem or a great, you know, sort of any little bit of, you know, sort of wisdom on the page and things like you're, you're in it. And like, how do we replicate that in live? I think it's, 
such a different experience, of course, than seeing, you know, you mentioned theater earlier um, or just music where it's made to be performed um, mm-hmm. and trying to do that on you know, the literary world is, is a challenge at times, but well, I, will, yeah. I mean, it depends on who's reading too. That's true. Some, some writers are horrible readers true. and some, um, you know, David Foster Wallace was a good reader. I'm sure. Was he? I've never, did you yeah, ever see I saw him? I did yeah. see him. Yeah. And he did he bring good. his footnotes with him? No. <laughs> he did wear a, a do-rag of course though oh i know because you know why because i read the book because he sweated profusely that's why he wore it it's, it's okay sweaty guy. A sweaty, uh... um, but he was good he's and, and i guess you know william volman in his own way because he shot off a, a starter's gun three times during the reading that was interesting whoa he yeah. brought a firearm that <laughs> could... <laughs> can do that now um and a lot of people are good but even even the people who are good readers, I would rather hear someone talk to them. Yeah. You know, absolutely. hear more about them. Yeah. I know that's what we try to do here as we move our story forward. But I will close with this. How about we close with something? Um, okay. And just this can be, of course, a speculative thing because we can't say across the board. But all right. Best surprise music show you've ever seen me and show that i expected nothing and came away and thought it was incredible or just unexpectedly incredible (laughs) it's gonna be surprising to you okay so every year before we moved my wife's very large employer in lieu of any kind of (laughs) christmas party or summer picnic or whatever they would do this charitable event for a week culminating in this huge concert at Pac Bell Park. Which is a baseball stadium. In San Francisco. Yes. And so it's big time. Yeah. It's big time. You'd get there and you would not know who was going to play. They would not tell you who's going to play. They would just and of course everyone's on Twitter figuring out. And every year it's comically stuff I hate. It's three or four acts and like it's like Pitbull or Justin Timberlake or Pink or Usher and like but the first this, year we went, this tells you what kind of company that yeah you know, the shock been... of all shocks to me was mm-hmm. that the headliner was oh my god what's his name come on Ed Sheeran he was incredible uh, I love you just the way you are what's his name oh my god uh, right. is, no Google this thing right now I'm gonna Google it I love um, you just the way you are is that I mean uh, old school. No, it's it's new. Well, it's probably old now. Just it's like a cover of a I love you. No, Bruno Mars. Duh. Oh, Bruno Mars. Oh, Bruno yeah. Mars, and he was incredible. He, he danced. He you is know, like yeah. Okay. If Prince, Little Richard, and James Brown had a child, it would be Bruno Mars. Yeah. His band was incredible. He was a great band leader. It was he was doing a lot more like R and B and ska, I guess he does on his albums. Because after it's like I want to listen to Bruno Mars, and I listen. This sucks. I hate this. But <laughs> but, in, but in person, the most. Oh my god! It was unbelievable. It was incredible. Okay, that's mine. Right. Who's yours? Okay, and you know there were several I could have probably selected, but I I do feel like yeah, this is like a good Brit pop throwback. Um, also just how things worked back in the day. A touch as far as, you know, we lived in Seattle and in 
I'm going to put this into the early, early mid nineties um, when this happened, but it was like, you'd pick up, you know, how, how did you find out about your music? I mean, the stranger, I don't think was even a thing in Seattle yet, but it was like the rocket was the thing. The rocket or the weekly would have listings. The weekly. And like, we would, I mean, there's no, there's no internet. You know, nope. so that was not a thing. Back um, in my day. I know, but it was just like, and I lived over on Westlake with our friend, Mr. Scott Morell, my roommate um, at the time. Okay, that's and, worse than me forgetting Bruno Mars because you lived on Eastlake, not Westlake. Oh, oh, I said Westlake. Yeah. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. So all you geographic uh, nitpickers out there. It was. Oh, East thank Lake. you. Westlake is not Eastlake, but mm -hmm. I lived on Eastlake, yes. Um, thank you, Mr. Rosen. Um, but yeah, and, and we, you know, we had just basically sort of like investigated a show that was down at this place called The Off-Ramp, which was mm -hmm. this like black wall painted little Seattle music back in the early mid nineties, uh, sort of like a place where all the grunge bands had played. Yeah, it's kind of, a, a kind of an important place for yeah. that, that movement that you didn't enjoy when you lived there. I mean, I didn't like the music that they brought, but I liked the rest of it around. I mean, it's memorable, but also, um, but yeah, there was this band called the Inspiral Carpets. We like read them. Oh, that's kind of your thing. Yes. And like, and they, it turns out that <laughs> um, the Gallagher's of Oasis fame were uh, actually roadies for them back in the day. But this band by Inspiral Carpets, which I guess seashells, if you think about that shape, the idea of like a carpet spun that way, like that was like the word in spiral. And anyway, we thought that was kind of cool. We we're like, oh, let's go see these guys. And it was like the most energetic, such cool sort of like nonsense show where everybody was just like so <laughs> happy the entire time. If you've seen like 24 hour party people, it wow. felt like it felt, I mean, this is before the movie came out by a long shot. But it was like we were in this place that was normally filled with sort of like the, you know, sort of shaking your hair, grunge boys and girls, mostly boys. With, and we were like, this is so great. We had no idea. We paid like five bucks at the door. And this, I went in and had like the best unexpected night of like, you know, sort of heavy keyboards, heavy, <laughs> heavy sort of like Brit pop, shake your hair, sort of like, but it wasn't shoegazy stuff. It was like energetic stuff. And it was just like, here we are in Seattle, Washington, listening to this band from, I think, sorry, Inspiral Carpets, I'm going to call you a Manchester band, but I don't know if that's totally true um, that you're from that city and all that. But it was just like one of those things that you could do way easier. Um, far easier i suppose than you can these days we're gonna probably research a band go see their it's youtube it's not gonna video. cost five bucks it's not gonna cost five bucks um but let me ask you anyway this. yes at that, at that moment did you feel like you were in possession of a great secret no one else had yes for that's, about that's... for actually still because nobody ever really has heard of the inspiral carpets you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know my friends like you i mean you probably never listened to an inspiral carpet song i haven't but i know who they are <laughs> yes but yeah no we were like oh my gosh then you just stumble across something and actually I, I will say this to segue into sort of like a little tree fort love mm. um 
it's very much like that festival of discovery stuff it's very true like you'll wander into a show like who are these people like that is insane like why are they not famous right now or maybe they are but i don't know about them and that's that's a really that good was, point yeah but maybe it does replicate you know sort of how it used to be a little bit mm-hmm. because it's like there's 500 bands at treeport and like you just as, pers- as organizers we don't get to uh, really do probably as much research on the bands as maybe some festival goers and mm-hmm. it's just cool to be like okay let's just pop into the El Cora see who's playing tonight and it's like what and yes. that's you know it's not and always like the most pleasant experience but most of the time <laughs> it is I mean it's, it can't be for our own tastes but I will name check Tyler and the train robbers again because I expected nothing and I got them like these this is great this is exactly what I want to hear right now this is so good so pure uh, um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm happy to see that there is a there's a little bit of a country element in Tree Fort. Maybe there always was, but um, I got I got to see some pretty good stuff last uh, Tree Fort that washed away that proto punk primacy band. And <laughs> and the other time I went to the main stage and there was something EDM and giant inflatable like dragons and. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that was disturbing. That's when I was like, I am way too old to be standing right now. You Someone who's younger than me should take this. Bring your son in. Yeah. yeah. He would like that probably. He might. I don't know. I hope not. I don't know. What is your yeah, son so. like? Did you hand down your music to your son? I mean. No, I kind of, he's a, he's a musician. He knows how to play music. So he is way more forgiving than I am. Like he likes <laughs> what I like, but he also likes the stuff that I don't like. It's just been yeah. <laughs> what do you most dislike, Mr. Rose? Oh, um, like modern pop music. Okay. Like top 40, light R&B, auto-tune, uh, stuff that I listen to and go, this was obviously written by a 63-year-old Swedish man. And <laughs> these, whoever they've banned, whatever they put together to make this album probably cost a fortune because you can almost hear the engineers at work. You know, it's a producer's mm-hmm. medium. And like at one of, at one of these um, big concerts, I remember seeing, is it Demi Lovato? Is she one of those people? I don't know. It was someone who had been like a Disney person and she had had substance abuse problems. And now she was singing again and she had a great voice. And I think mm-hmm. it was Demi Lovato. And just, I feel like when you watch those kinds of performances, it's almost like you can see inside the gears of how everything works. And I just picture all these people working and, you know, mm-hmm. and this bass player they hired for $600 an hour or whatever. Right. And everyone's there doing their job and all the producers are there and all the PAs are there. And it just doesn't, it's kind of the antithesis of what I like about live music. It's a very slickly produced product. Right. And they pluck this poor little girl with this great voice. Like we're going to make you famous. I'm sorry you ended up a drug addict, but there's who's the next little girl? You know, we'll we'll get her. Right. Which is so that sort of that sort yeah. of thing turns me off. Sorry. Sorry, Ben. We saw yeah. this this last weekend, you know, there is a, a large amphitheater in our little tiny town. It holds right. almost as much as our town. <laughs> so we've been going to a lot of shows that are just kind of like, yeah, that sounds good. Let's check that out. And we went to see a country singer, like a top 40 country singer last weekend. And um his bass player was just cracking me up because he was just the standard bass player that you get out of the bass player, you know, emporium. I need a bass player. 
he's going to stand around and look cool and not smile and play the bass and kind of stand in place. Right. Be kind of a good looking guy, but kind of mysterious. I know white stance or not white. He had, no, he had, a, he had a narrow stance. That's true. There are two. Whoa, he could go wide right. or narrow. I like the narrow back. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it was just so funny. Like, oh, yeah. I need standard issue bass player 45C. Okay. We've got a couple of those. Uh, yeah there's <laughs> lots and lots you went okay what is the show like we're gonna stick with music for now or we can like order it up into maybe a performance of one sort or another you went into expecting the world and you walked out understanding the world is really terrible <laughs> and oh geez i don't know actually i mean how how do you like what does it take to disappoint you in a show i mean even if the show sucks you're there and it's fun. Even if you go see a, a, a writer who sucks, you don't go away going, well, I think he's a sucky writer now. He just no. doesn't know how to read that great. There was that, um, there was that time I saw, you know, sort of Solon Rushdie get stabbed on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I wasn't Never let there. a good fatwa go to waste. Um, Apparently not. Um, but sorry, this is, sorry. Usually if something's bad, it's because the people either aren't prepared or something goes wrong, right? And then you end up feeling or, bad for them. Like, who was bad that you saw? I mean, the Beastie Boys, they were really were bad. bad. They just didn't, well, they just, you know, it's hard to carry off sometimes in my, I mean, being a former breakdancer and like a hip hop aficionado from the, yeah, no, I you, not knowing like much about. Just, did you feel like they were just going through the motions? Yes. And also, yeah, the sound quality was pretty rough. Oh, yeah. I've seen and some just, shows like that. And it was just sort of like, I, we thought it was going to be the best, coolest. Well, you know. just, Justin Timberlake was definitely going through the motions when I saw him, which I found disappointing, but I didn't, I wasn't like, oh my God, Justin Timberlake. Um, <laughs> I mean, I could do a whole podcast on shows I've seen at that ballpark. And after a few years, <laughs> it just became part of the show, how much I was going to hate everything. And then finally, <laughs> then I just stopped going. I'm like, you can just take other people. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you brought up Pitbull before, but I will oh, say yes. on, the, on the opposite end of the spectrum, he came to the Boise Music Festival and this crazy friend of mine, she wanted to go. Um, and it's a free festival. And <laughs> you told me about your Pitbull experience and I yes, barely knew a, about Mr. International. I'll, what are they calling Mr. International. I'll tell you what, it was a win-esque performance that I put on. Oh you, oh you just yeah. the ranting far, just couldn't stop yes so you turned into my gremlin yes i did you, i turned you do, into a little yeah, bit this, of the gremlin. But larry likes to call me a gremlin when i at times when i go into my into my rant oh but i was pleasantly surprised by pitbull i had to say um did that was like on the opposite end of the spectrum bc boys pretty rough at the paramount theater and there was a giant budweiser i think it was uh, uh buh, buh. the dj was up there um and it was just not a good show as far as it just was not anyway i did also i think i mentioned this on a podcast previous to this one um i was i did get in a fight to a degree at a uv40 concert such a mellow and concert how could you i know well the guy you know like, he, he was like you know i know red red wine and all that yeah. no it wasn't me honestly that time that was the guy like, <coughs> rows of seats but i mean 
I got to say Pitbull at the Idaho Fairgrounds. You're pleasantly but surprised? I was like, he's putting on a good show. He's putting you on know, a good I show. I can see that. I think the older I get, the more I appreciate someone who I don't like, but is putting on a really good show. And he was like speaking about, you know, so like, you know, sort of just like racial sort of like, you know, equality in this country and how, where it stands. And he was like taking some political, like sort of like jabs at sort of Idaho in a, in a fun way, for me at least. So he's, um, so he's playing to the crowd. Uh, I'm not sure exactly. Yeah. But about part there. Of Idaho was there. Yeah, but they all love him anyway. So that was like maybe an open forum for him to say, like, we're all equal. We're all humans. We're all races, all free, <laughs> everything. So, anyway, that was one I was surprised about. And also, yeah, apparently I might be going to the Idaho State Fair on uh, Thursday to see Stone Temple Pilots. So, there you go. Wait, how is that possible? Is he going to do Hologram <laughs> Scott, uh, whatever his name was? Wieland, Wyland, Wyland. I think it's sad. (laughs) I know that's that's twenty plus years later, and he's still you know the the prop come back up. Anyway, what are we doing here? We're gonna do. We've indulged these people. These people have indulged us enough. Let's wrap it up. Hey, three, four. Hello. Hi. Yo, yo, yo. What's up? Once upon a time. Once upon a time. Once upon a time, there was a little boy and a small dog. And we just started hanging out, realizing more and more that we liked each other a lot. Feeling like I might lose control. I wasn't paying attention, and I actually hit a cow. And now, we're in fucking Idaho. Wave came and I and it swept me away. It's like fell over. And when I was looking the other way, our dog died. I still feel bad about it to this day. And I really miss him. I hope wherever you are, you are full of love and know that someone out there loves you. Yeah, that's our story. That's all I have to say. But maybe I'll have more to say later. So that ends season two point five. Two point five. We turned it to two point six and two point seven revamped story forward yes. podcast coming from us your hosts and our vast experiences seeing live events yes. and participating in live events no i know we didn't really talk about them. you asked me a couple of questions hopefully someone that. out there is thinking you know what my favorite live event was that one time i saw rosen do a bar fight in the 10th street uh, station yeah. that, that was, was awesome you know, there were a couple of those yep and as you can see, the light is starting to shine on me here in my room. So that tells me it's time to wrap it up. So um, The sun is setting on this podcast, mm-hmm. at, I guess, this season for the podcast. Yeah. Right. So here's what to expect. Yep. Um, we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back in mid-early winter with the new early season. Winter. Yeah. Stories from the world of... Sports. Sports. Something very yeah. near and dear to yeah. both of us. Unconventional sports as well, not the big four for a second. Right, right. We'll we'll keep it twenty you know, we'll keep it twenty twenty two. You're not gonna totally indulge me and just talk about football, uh-huh. baseball, basketball. I know the there could be genius that is Steph Curry. <laughs> but it is gonna be just in time for NBA yeah. things. NBA stuff happening. will be happening. I know. Who knows where KD will be playing? KD not be at playing. Golden State, though. I know yeah, that. I hope not. 
Um, so in the meantime, though, if you want to carry on a dialogue with us, uh, probably more so after listening to us talk about live music for 50 minutes, mm-hmm. um, you can find us in a number of places. You can go to the Facebook. We have the Facebook group, Story Forward. You mm-hmm. can go to Twitter and Instagram, story.forward, at story.forward in case. Uh, is, is saying at, like, when, remember, like, at the beginning mm-hmm. of the internet when people say www. And then, come on, that's like an old man thing. You don't say www. <laughs> okay. I am. That's where you can find us. Uh, if you're interested in just, like, hanging out with me, uh, that Larry Rosen is my handle on the Instagram and the Twitter, but I only post on Instagram, so, because it's a little less toxic of an environment. Unless you are dealing with Lonely Idaho things. Yes, Lonely Idaho. So, and if you want to find him and see beautiful (laughs) pictures of Idaho. Or weird uh, ones. Or or weird ones. Or, yeah, you had one with a bunch of dolls, I think, was it? Yes, wrapped in plastic and suffocating for a century. Those were not lonely. Well, they were, yeah. What is yours again? What's your your deal? (sighs) I don't know. Christian Wynn. Is it? Let's see. I'll look it up because, you know, we're running. This is a Christian something Wynn. Uh, yeah, I know that or, guy. Or underscore something like that. I'm not sure. That's it is right. just Christian Win. That's it. I know. It's like I'm not. I'm not coming up with clever names. I Good. Don't need now they know who you are. Yeah. Huh? Just me. Okay. We already thanked people. Why don't you do it again before we get out of here? I know the uh, ease-drop.com podcast network run by mostly run by our man brett battistane Battistain. you gotta say it love it battistane and the annika bennett and the jared bostrom the animal the bees bees bring it home so yeah we are you know thanking them i want to thank oh gosh i mean mr travis abels what a what yeah. a i mean that man hopefully will be back at um Story Fort in 23, but he did a great job. He brought his, he brought a giant ear. Brought a giant ear. He's the first person ever to bring to bring a giant ear. I mean, that's arguable because some people bring them without knowing they're bringing giant ears, but maybe not that big. Um, I mean, Travis, Travis arguably created the backbone of this second season. Arguably, yeah, he did. Kind of built it around that. Um, Your little crew, uh, Joe. Oh, Joe yeah, Davidson, yeah. and we have Ryan Marsh, we had Aurora Millam. But I will just say that, yeah, we have a very good crew. Mackenzie Heilman also, who's been doing our social media, who's kind of like stepping back a little bit because her other job is like getting all fancy and stuff. But Mr. Sam Berman, we got to thank Mr. Sam Berman. Mr. Sam Berman, the heart and soul <laughs> story for community. Uh, he is, yes. He is the stir stick here. That, that, yeah, there we go. Yes, so, but here uh, we are, and there we go. And like, what are we going to do? Getting a little punchy here, so we're going to sign off is what we're going to do. I know. It's been a long conversation because Larry and I talked for like three hours before this, too. I know. It's yeah. my whole day. Yes. And now I'm going to go make dinner. And maybe get in your pool? Are you just like, going to float around for a I bit? I might float around a little bit. I might get in the hot tub there and... Uh, ease my sore bones and joints you're gonna go yeah once upon a time in in hollywood yeah i might do that i might do that (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. Flame, flamethrower out and light start, you know. We'll get we'll get off of here <laughs> and we'll carry on afterwards. Until the next time, then we're gonna ask you to keep the story moving forward. I would say yeah, keep that narrative cooking. <laughs> <laughs>